Okay, that's Mem Zayin. About uh, seven, eight lines down. Yavar Rava. Ein shaman lepar b'fnei atzma v'avolad b'fnei atzma. So you have over here a situation yes. that's going on the case of the, the Reisha, where you have the Shar Shonogar Chesapar. Are we debating whether the Shar, whether the Par had given birth before or not? Did the Shar cause the miscarriage of the Shar? Not cause the miscarriage? So we debated. Our Misha said, Sumcha says, Smaman amut basafik cholkin, v'banot sanamayt simichavar alavaraya. But everybody agrees that if we know for sure the Shar caused the miscarriage of the Vlad, you have to pay for the Vlad. That's not a good debate. Okay, how do you evaluate what that Vlad costs? How does that work? So I'm a Rav. So one way you could do it, which Rav says you should not do, but one way is, okay, you take each entity separately. How much was this Shar worth before how much was the para worth before the shark gored it, and how much is it worth afterwards? And how much is the vlad worth before, and how much would the vlad be worth afterwards? Obviously, afterwards it's worth very little. Uh, beforehand, there was a potential to go up and be a vlad. So then you're evaluating each animal separately. Rabbi says, don't do that. El shaman the vlad al gav para. You evaluate it all together as one unit. And what you say is, how much would someone pay for a pregnant cow? And how much would someone pay now that it's not pregnant and the Vlad is dead? Which is going to be a much smaller amount because you're not taking the Vlad as an individual entity and saying, well, this Vlad could have grown up and been a giant animal. But you don't look at that. It's obviously, there's a potential, but much, it's much less valuation when it's looked at as one unit. And the Morris says, why? The Morris says, a strange reason. Shemata Emerkane, if you do it that way and look at it separately, Nimzatamakish is a mazik. It's going to be a tremendously high evaluation and you're going to be causing the mazik to pay a lot of money. Hold on. See, similarly, the Gemara says, this is actually very similar to regular case of Ezek. If someone goes and he cuts off the hand of his friend's Evet. Okay, so a friend is an Evet, he cuts off his hand. So you have to evaluate it. Okay, so how do you evaluate it? So there's two ways to evaluate this. You could say, how much would I have to pay you to convince you to let me cut off your hand? Well, that's a lot of money. Okay, that would be a tremendous amount of money. But the cheaper way to look at it is, how much would someone pay for an Evid with a hand, and how much would someone pay for an Evid without a hand? Okay, that's a, it's, a, it's money, but it's not as much money as I would need to pay to convince you to cut off your hand. And here's a big Kiddush. People don't realize this halacha. Same thing is when an animal goes into a field and does shane and eats up some crops. You don't say, well, it ate five kilo of of wheat, so you have to pay me five kilo of wheat. No, you don't do it that way. What you say is, I have, you know, 20 dunam of fields. How much is this field worth with this five kilo, and how much is the field worth without the five kilo? Obviously, it's a very small amount of money in that situation. You don't evaluate it on the actual item. You evaluate it as a whole unit. He wasn't damaging five kilo of of wheat, he was damaging a percentage of the wheat from the entire field. Here also, when you cut off the hand of the Evid, he wasn't damaging the hand, he was damaging the Evid as a unit. Okay, those two make sense, because those two are one unit. The most Chiddush here, Tyson says this, is that you look at it the same way by a Shar, and by a Paran of Lot. In theory, you could have looked at it there like two separate units. The Gemara's Chiddush is. Over there also, you look at it as one unit. The Gemara says, why? I don't stand. If really the Vlad and the Par are separate units, and that's the halacha that you should evaluate them separately, so let Kesh Mazik. So then let the Mazik pay more money. I understand, Taisu says, by the case of the fruit to the case of the hand, that it's one unit. But by the case of the Vlad... In the case of the par, the Gemara said, you look at it as one unit because otherwise it's not fair. Why is that not fair? It, it is what it is. If, this was the, if, you, if, you, if the shark killed two par, 
two paris, obviously you're going to have to pay for each one separately. So just because it costs a lot of money, why does that make a difference? So I'm going to know, it's more than that. Mishum di amalei para mavrosa azikach. Para mavrosa sheminalach. He says, I did not damage a Vlad. I damaged a pregnant cow. And if I damage a pregnant cow, I have to pay you back and evaluate it based on a pregnant cow. And if we look at it, as, assuming he actually did it, then we look at it as a one single unit, even though at the end it comes out to be two separate units. But since at the time of the Hezek it was one unit, that's really the Icarus far why we look at it that way. Okay, additionally on that, how do we figure out the money now? So it's all one unit, very nice. So how do you figure out the money, assuming that the para and the Vlad were owned by different people? Assuming the Balapar had sold the Vlad to somebody else as a potential, it was a, a surrogate kind of thing, right? So if that situation, how do you evaluate what valuation is associated with the para and what valuation is associated with the Vlad? Why? And the more explains. Pshita. Assuming they were owned by separate people. So So the animal, the par itself, gets fatter, bigger, bulkier when it's pregnant. Now there's two reasons it gets bulkier. It gets bulkier because a pregnant cow needs to have more meat on it. It needs to itself be fatter to be able to hold the pregnancy. That's what we call pitma. So that is actually the, the mother cow getting physically fatter, not just wider, but physically fatter, growing more meat, more muscle, so she can hold the vlad. That for sure is considered the valuation of the balapar. If that loses in valuation, that money goes to the balapar. Nafchamai. But there's also another a- aspect of it, which is that a pregnant cow just looks bulkier. Because it has a vlad inside of it, obviously. Obviously, a pregnant cow, it's much, much bigger than a non-pregnant cow. Because it's bigger, it has better valuation. People look at it and say, wow, it's a bigger cow. I need to pay more for that. But some of that nafcha, some of that nafcha is usually what we use for swelling. Some of that swelling is actually not because of the balapara. It's actually because the vlad inside of it is swelling it out. So how do you look, if you can somehow, again, I don't work in, uh, in places where they sell cows and try how to figure out what the valuation is, but assuming you could do such a thing, so who gets the valuation associated with that swelling, with that nafcha? So if papara still, it's the balapara. Lamaisa, it's the balapara. The, the vlad has some value there, of course, but that still, even the swelling part of it goes to the balapara. That already we, we split and half of that money, whatever that valuation is, would go to the Balapar, and half would actually go to the Vlad, Balavlad, because that is actually caused by the Vlad. But he said, we pass like Vachar Redivika, that you are Chok. Says the mission. Okay. So someone is making barrels or some type of kalim, and he decides he has nowhere to store his kalim, he's in the Rishusarabim, he has nowhere to put them, so he goes into a someone's chatzar next to the Rishusarabim, whatever it is, and he pu- puts his kalim in there. Now, when I put my kalim into your Rishus, let's just keep, let's keep track of names here because it's going to get a little bit confusing. So Ruvain owns the kalim in this case, and Shimon owns the chatzar. And we're going to have three cases over here. Let's assume in all three cases, Shimon is the bala chatzar, and Ruvain has put something into his chatzar. When Ruvain puts something into Shimon's chatzar, there could be two possible outcomes now. Okay? Ruvain's kalim could get damaged in Shimon's chatzar, or Ruvain's kalim can do damage to something in Shimon's chatzar. So Ruvain could be the nizik, or the mazik, depending on what happens now, these kalim are in the chatzah. So who is responsible for those type of situations? So it says the Mishnah. So Hakadar shenechnes keiras v'chatzah v'albayis. So Ruben puts his stuff into Shimon's chatzah. Sheloi berishus, and that's going to be the key point here. He did not ask Shimon permission to do this at all. He just did it on his own. V'shavra behemta shabal albayis, and Shimon's animals come and destroy Ruben's kalim. So Ruben becomes the nizik in this case. Ruben got damaged, Potter. 
Shimon's animal, Shimon, whose animal did the damage, is potter. Who told you to put your kelim on my rishos? My animals are walking around there all day. Who told you to put your kelim over there? There's no question. I, Shimon says, I do not have to pay for any damage my animal caused to your kelim. Vim huzka behem. And if Shimon's animals get hurt by Ruvain's kelim, so basically Ruvain's kelim become like a bar, similar to a bar, so they cause damage, they trip on them, etc., something like that. So balakadera schayef. So then Ruin's going to have to pay for the debt. Ruin, as a mazik now, has to pay for the damage that his kalim caused. His kalim become like a den of a bar. And a bar that causes damage is going to be high. Good. That's not debatable. Now what happens if Ruin asks Shimon permission to put his kalim into the Yerachatzah? Ruin calls up Shimon. Listen, I'm stuck. I have nowhere to put myself. Can I put my kalim into Yerachatzah? Shimon says, absolutely. No problem. Put that in. Okay, now. The first question we have to debate is, what does that mean, yes? Okay? Does yes mean, sure, but it's your problem? Or does yes mean, sure, and now it becomes my problem? Okay, now I... What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Does yes mean, at your own risk? And it, it, all I'm doing is giving you halachic permission to put him in there, but I'm not changing any chesh and mishpah halachas over here? Or does yes mean, yes, and now if you put them in my rishos, I will make sure that your kalim don't get damaged. Okay, so the Mishnah says, Tanakama says, "Mirchnis Bereshus, Balachotzer is Chayiv." So if you put them in Bereshus, in that case, and then the uh, the Caleb get damaged, and then Ruvain's Caleb get damaged by the animals of the Balabayas, going back to the Rasha. So in this case, the Balabayas is Chayiv for the damages animals did to the Caleb. It does not say now in this Mishnah what about the second case. Where the at, where the Caleb caused damage to the animal, who's responsible in that case? That the Mishnah does not explain, and that's going to be the focus of the first piece of Gemara. This is the first case in the Mishnah. Second case in the Mishnah: Hichnes Peiros of the Chatzbal Abayis. So, in the first case, you're bringing in your Caleb, which Tyson says Caleb are very easily broken. So that's what we discuss in that case. Next case, you bring in something you bring in which is not so easily broken: fruits. So I have a, a bunch of fruit, a bunch of fruit or wheat or whatever it is, and I also have nowhere to store them, so I put them into your chatz. I put, Ruvay puts them into Shimon's chatz. The chatz of Abayas, also does not have permission. The Abayas, his animal eats them, again, so Ruvain, who owns the fruits, is the nizik now, so pata, the Abayas is pata, right? Who asked you to put your stuff into my chatz? If the animal who ate them or tripped on them, we'll see in the Gemara which case it is, gets hurt, by these fruits, so balaparis chayv. Again, you chayv. You created a bar in my rishos. You damaged my animal. You chayv. Vim hichnis rishos. If I asked you, can I put my fruits there again? The same exact question. There's, all three of these cases, the exact same setup. So balachatzer is going to be chayv for his animal eating the fruits of Reuven. Again, it does not say what the halacha is if the animal now gets damaged by the fruits of Reuven. That the mission is not said. Case number three. Okay, now I'm bringing in an animal, which an animal is less often damaged by something that you do, right? You bring it in, it just sits there. So, and here also, Shimon's animal gores, Ruben's animal that Ruben brought in Shalai Bereshus. It's a little more colorful case, right? A dog bites it. So all these cases, the Bala Chatzar is going to be Potter. Who asked you to bring your animal into Bereshus? Nabkach, who? Shari Shabala If 
Ruben's animal gores the animal of the Balabayas, then of course he's going to be chayv, right? He's, he's not, here it's not a boar, here it's keren, but it's the same halacha, you're going to be chayv. Now the Mishnah throws in a few extra cases here. Nafal leboire, the hivish meimav. So what if Shimon had in his chatzar a giant bar filled with water? Okay. Reuben brings his animal in, shaloi brashos, and not that the animal goes ahead and gores Shimon's animal, which we said, of course, Reuben would be chayef for, but rather Reuben's animal falls into the bar, the reservoir of water that Shimon has already gathered there, and ruins the water. So he ruins the water, so also chayef. Reuben's going to be chayef over there for causing damage to the water. We'll see more about that case tomorrow. Here it gets more graphic. This is Gemara we've quoted before. Mishnah we've quoted. Let's say there was workers, or the father or the son, down at the bottom of the bar when the animal fell into the bar. So Mashal Masa So now, not only is Ruben Chayev, but Ruben Chayev for his animal, and he has to pay Kaifer for killing these, these two people at the bottom of the bar. This is the Gemara we quoted before. We'll see it again tomorrow. Is why is he Chayev Kaifer? He was a Tam. Why, it must be he did it multiple times. We'll see that, that explanation of the Gemara tomorrow. This is the mission we quoted earlier. So all that is, if it's Hechnesh Shaloi Bershus. If, again, Shimon said, no problem, bring your animal to my Rishos, so then Balachot Sechayev, and then Reuben's animal gets damaged, so then by Shimon, so Shimon is going to be responsible to pay. If Reuben's animal does damage, again, the mission does not say exactly what the Allah is in that case, we'll talk about it in a second. Rebbe Yaimer, Rebbe says, everything you've said in this Mishnah is wrong. Rebbe says, Bekulon, in all these cases, So even though I said yes, yes does not mean yes, and I, Shimon, am now taking responsibility for what happens to your pots or your, or your wheat or your animals. No. When Shimon said yes, you can bring it to Rishos, means yes at your own risk. I take no responsibility whatsoever for anything and therefore, Rebbe would say, in all these cases, even if it was Bershos, the halacha would be the same in all the situations. Okay. That's the Mishnah. Now let's try to... We're missing that one case. Right? The one case we're missing is, what is the halacha when I bring it in Bershos and, da- and my animal gets damaged from that? What is... Not causes damage, I'm sorry. My animal or my fruit or my kadarim cause damage. What is the halacha in that case? The Mishnah did not say. If they cause damage when I brought it in Bershos. So says the Gemara. Taimo, let's be medayik from the case of the Sefer. When I brought it in, Taimo, the Shalai Bereshus. So when I bring it in, Shalai Bereshus, the mission was very clear, and my things, and, and, and we have the situation over here, when it's Huzkobahen, where the things I bring in cause damage, then you're going to be chayv. Habrashus, mashma, even though it didn't say it, mashma, habrashus, if you, if Shimon lets me put my stuff into his chatzar, loy mechayv balakadaris beniskibahem to the balakadzer. Doesn't say your chayv. If it doesn't say your chayv, we can assume, says the Mishnah, that you're putter. And therefore, what it's telling you is that once Shimon says he's going to allow me to bring, let's go with the first case. When he says I can bring my pots into his chatzar, so then what he's saying is, is Since I brought it in Bershus, if your animal trips on my pots, I am not responsible for the damage that it caused. That's what it's It doesn't say that. We could have said that in Shittas Rabbanan, remember in Shittas Rabbanan, when Shimon says yes, Shimon is accepting responsibility for what happens to my pots. We could have said that the converse is true as well. That when Shimon says yes and says, I will accept responsibility for your pots, 
but you are accepting responsibility for what your pots do to me. Okay, but it doesn't say that in the Mishnah. Okay, so if that's the case, must be money, Rebbe. So if the Mishnah says that that's not the case, and he's not accepting responsibility, that seems to be like Shitas Rebbe we brought at the end of the Mishnah, that said, that if I don't say, I'm being I'm not being therefore when I bring my pots into your shows, even if you say, yes, I can bring it in, I'm not, it doesn't make the slightest bit of a difference, Lamaisa, you told me to bring it in, I brought it in, it caused you damage, I'm not chayef. If I bring it in Shaloi Barishos and they cause damage, of course I'm chayef. But if I bring it in Barishos, I'm not accepting, you're not accepting responsibility for my stuff, but I'm also not accepting responsibility for your stuff. So that would be mashma, that the ratio, the Mishnah, on that point, is Shitas Rebbe, which is weird. Because Ema Seifa, in Menechus Barishos, Balachot Chayiv, and if it doesn't cause damage, but it gets damaged, then you are, then the Balachot is Chayiv. Why is it Chayev? That's us in our bottom. So in other words, we have two sides of the coin. Let's just be careful. It's a little bit tricky. We have when Ruvain brings his pots in Bereshus. Okay? Ruvain's pots could cause damage or could get damage. The Mishnah is mashma that if they cause damage, potter. But if they get damaged, then the Balachatzer is Chayev. That seems to be a steam in Bay. According to Rabbanan, I'm responsible for you and you're responsible for me. And according to Rebbe, I'm not responsible for you, and you're not responsible for me. So how do you have both these halakas at the same time? Says the Gemara, and it gets even worse. Says the Gemara, Vasu, at the end of the Mishnah, it says, Rebbe, I remember, Rebbe comes in at the end of the Mishnah, and Rebbe says, oh, by the way, I say, if you don't say you're Makabalah Christ, you're not Makabalah Christ at all. So now, look at the Mishnah. We have Reisha Vasefa Rebbe. You tell me the first case of the Mishnah, which says, when I bring it in, Barishus. And it causes damage on Potter, that's Shittas Rebbe. Then we have the next halacha, which says, if it gets damaged, you're chayev, that's Shittas Rabbanah. Then we have Rebbe at the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah's jumping back and forth. Reisha, we say, for Rebbe, mitzvah, Rabbanah? I'm Rebbe Zerah, yes. Tavra, Misha, Shanazu, Lai, Shanazu. The Mishnah's chopped up. And the Mishnah, the way Rashi explains it is, the, the Tanakhama and the Mishnah and the middle part of the Mishnah are arguing what the Rabbanah hold. They're arguing whether the Rabbanon argue on Rebbe or don't argue on Rebbe. The first sheet in the Mishnah holds, the Rabbanon don't argue on Rebbe. And the Rabbanon agree that just because you said yes doesn't mean you makabal any achrayas. And in that situation, in a chenami, when you say you can come into my chatzar, just like, uh, then, then we're going to say like shitas Rebbe. I'm sorry that all I'm saying is come in, but I'm not being makabal anything. In fact, as Tyson points out, it's even better that I'm not being makabal anything. Think about the third case in the Mishnah. Third case in the Mishnah is, I say you can bring your shor into my chatzah. Okay, your shor gores my animal. Causes damage by goring. Not just it falls into a bar. Or causes damage by goring. In that case, according to Rebbe, you're putter. Why would you be putter in that case? If I did shos, of course, I'm chayef. If I brought it in shos and my roommate's animal gores Shimon's animal, according to Rebbe, you're coming out now, you're going to be putter. Why would you be putter? Terence says this, because when I say yes, you can bring it in. What I'm saying is yes, not just at your own risk, but I am totally putter from anything that goes on over here. Which is a wild svar, but that's the way the svar seems to be. That's where Abzeri learns it. And therefore, we have machlaikis over here, what the Rabbanon hold, meaning is there a Shittas Rabbanon at all, or do we just say that Shittas Rabbi, that yes just means bring it in with no responsibility whatsoever. That's where Abzeri learns. Gemara rejects this, though. Rav Amarna. Kul of course, there's a Shittas Rabbanan, and the Shittas Rabbanan says that when you say yes, when Shimon says yes, bring it in, Shimon is accepting responsibility for anything that happens to Ruvain's pots. 
But Ruvay never said he's responsible for any that happened, anything that happens to Shimon's Caleb. By asking permission to bring your Caleb in, that does not necessarily mean that I'm going to be responsible for anything that happens to your animal. doesn't mean that. By Shimon saying, yes, Shimon is being makabal achrayis. But Ruvay never said he's makabal any achrayis for Shimon's animal tripping on my Caleb or tripping on my fruits or anything like that. And therefore, it only works one way. Let's see it inside. Kulur the Balachotzer is makabal to say, yes, I'll watch your chelem for you. Even if they get ruined by anything. But Ruvain was never makabal anything. And therefore, if, if Ruvain puts it in this Shaloi Bershus, of course Ruvain's responsible. But if Ruvain puts it in Bershus and Shimon says it's okay, Ruvain says, thank you very much. That's all. I'm done. I don't have anything to worry about. Even though now I've created a bar in your rishos, I've put pots there which your animal could trip on, and I've put fruit there which your animal could trip on, and I've put my animals in there which could cause you damage. Lamaisa, once you say I can do it, then I'm, res- I'm not responsible at all for anything that happens with this point forward, even though you now are more responsible for anything that happens to my Caleb. It works one way, not the other. Of course, if they both agree, they both agree. But it's stam. The Rabbanon only say that Shimon is responsible for what comes into his chutzr. Ruben is not stam responsible for what happens when something else gets damaged from his kalim or his paris, etc. The more sharpens the point now. Amarav. Hichnes peres of the chutzr babais. Amarav. Loishanu. That which we said, that if the animal gets damaged by the fruits, in the case of Shaloi Bershus, in the case of Shaloi Bershus, right, in the case of Bershus, we said Ruben is not responsible for what happens to the animal. In the case of Bereshus, Shalai Bereshus, I'm sorry, in the case of Bereshus, Ruben is not responsible. In the case of Shalai Bereshus, Ruben was not supposed to put his animals there, his fruit there, and Shimon goes ahead, animal goes ahead and gets damaged by the fruits, so Ruben is going to be responsible. What does that mean? I'm a revelation. How did Shimon's animal get damaged by Ruben's fruits? Fruits are not really a deadly item. How did he get damaged? He got damaged because he tripped on them. Tripped and he broke his leg, whatever it is. He's a bar. Reuben put a bar into Shimon's Rishos, like a bar, and therefore Shimon's animal gets damaged on it, you have to pay. Aval Achla says, Rav, What if he puts all that fruit into Shimon's Rishos, Shimon's animal comes and eats it, and gets sick from eating it? Maybe, you know, maybe he's a celiac animal, he wasn't supposed to eat wheat or something, I don't know, he's gluten-free, uh, whatever it is, and he wasn't supposed to eat this food, and he ate it and he got sick. So now we have an interesting case here. Yes, I put something in your rishus that I did not belong putting there. And if your animal tripped on it, I'd be responsible. But here, your animal contributed to its own damage by eating it. Says Rav, your potter, my timer, who told it to eat? Now, it's not like animals don't eat. We understand animals eat. That's fine. But the animal contributed to its own damage. It's not my responsibility anymore. But going there where the, where the Kalim are laying, he's not contributing to his own uh, damage? No. No. He's allowed to walk around the Chatzar. He's allowed to be in the Chatzar. He's allowed to do anything he wants. But who said... But here it's more... No! Here it's more active. It's a more active type of contribution. Look at Taisa Havalasha. Taichal, it's not a question. Matsuya, any Matsuya, Taisa says it's contributed. The end of Taisa says, maybe a love He goes, when he's walking, he doesn't realize that he trips. When he's, when he's doing and he gets hurt by the animal, fine. He doesn't realize. But here, the Kavana goes and eats. You can't be Mechaev the other guy. This is a tremendous Kiddush. I could easily say the other way. I'm not going to argue with you that I don't hear the other Tzad. But Rav is making a Kiddush over here yes. that in this case, when the animal contributes, the animal, the Bala Apara is too bad. He loses out. Amar of Sheshis. 
Rav holds like you. Rav says, Amina kinayim v'shach of Rav, so Rav must have been really tired when he said this svara. He was dozing off because it makes no sense. So I'll prove to you from a price and not like this. This sanya. Okay, let's get more, more explicit. I put poison. Right? Your dog is barking all night and it's driving me crazy. So I take some poison outside and I put it out in front of your dog and your dog eats the poison and dies. So over here, I'm potter medine adam, but I am chayv and dine shemay. Now, samamavis who delivered the loch. The Gemara says, you know why I'm potter medine adam in this case? Because it's poison that smells bad. If it smells like real bad poison, rat poison, which is a horrible smell or something like that, then obviously your animal should not have eaten it. If he ate it, he's, the animal's a fool, and it's not my problem. Avoparis, what if I take the poison and I put it inside a fruit? So the animal just thinks it's a fruit. Mashma says, the Bukur says, says, Says of Sheshis over here, it's mashma from this brisa that avidi da'achla bedini adam nami mechayif. Mashma, you would be chayif for poisoning the animal if you do it in a way where the animal would have normally eaten it. Oh, according to Rav, why am I having a shalitaychel? Rav Svar said, I, if I put the fruit with the poison into the animal's mouth, of course I'm chayif. But if I put it in front of the animal, Rav said, you're potter, have a Here we see in this price, so you're only going to be potter because it was mamish poison that the animal knew was poison. Mashmah, if it was dressed up not as poison, you would be taka responsible. So, so you would not be responsible, says the Gemara. Amri, who had dinner feel Paris, nami potter, No, even if I put there something that's dressed up and the animal does not know that it's poison, I'm still potter. I'm still potter because of Rav Svara. Have a What's the Kiddush of the Bray? So, even if I put mamish poison nami, even if I put something which the animal mamish, mamish, mamish should not have eaten, still you're going to be chayvidine shamayim. The chiddush of the price is not the potter of the adam. Always. If I do something which causes an animal to eat, but the animal eats it and causes it, I'm always potter of the adam. The chiddush over here is, but I am chayvidine shamayim. This is not a good thing to do, and I should avoid doing it. So Rav Salacha still stands. Or it could be that's what the price meant itself. When it said Samamavis, it doesn't mean poison that was obvious it was poison. It meant Afrazata, which is some sort of grass or something. It's a grass that the animal doesn't realize is poison. Right? Some kind of berry or whatever it is, a grass. And therefore the animal doesn't realize it's poison. And still in that case, I'm Patabidiniadam because Havila Shalaitaikal. Who told the animal to eat it? The animal ate it, fine. I, I, again, I'm Chaibidina Shemayim. I did not do a good thing. Okay, but you can't be Tavei Mi'achash Mishpat because your animal, but Kavana, went and ate that food. Mesve. What about the following case? So a woman goes in, she brings her chita along with her to go use someone's millstone. They used to borrow millstone, right? I don't have a millstone. I go to your house to use your, your stone to grind my wheat. But she did it, right? she didn't ask permission, and she brought all this wheat into her neighbor's backyard to use his millstone. The, the, bala, the Bala Millstone's animal comes and eats all the grain. So, of course, putter. Of course, he's not responsible. When you bring fruit and someone else who shows, that was the whole Mishnah, you putter. Imhuska, if the animal gets damaged from the, from the wheat, then she is chayavis. Now, how did it get damaged? Rav just said, if you eat it and get damaged, not. We're talking over here about eating. No, Amri, what, what's, what's the big cash over here? Why is this any better than our Mishnah? He didn't get damaged by eating them. He got damaged by tripping on them. And that's what's going on over here. Okay, so it's all cash. Why did you not think that that was the shot in this case in the first place? If you look carefully, the, the Nusach of the Mishnah, the Lashon. Our Mishnah is Katani, Imhuska Bahen. 
Im huska bahen, sounds like the animal tripped and got hurt by the things. Shahuchuka bahen. Avahacha katanim huska. It said it got hurt. It didn't say it got hurt bahen by falling on them. It's mashra more that it got hurt by eating them. Even if it doesn't say Bahan, it still means that it got hurt by eating. Toshma. Uh, by tripping, I'm sorry. Toshma. What about this case? Now here we have a backwards case. Opposite of what we said today. Till now, all the cases were you brought fruit or pots or something else like that into a place, Shalebershus. Here you're bringing the opposite. You're bringing your animal into someone else's rishos, and the animal does the eating. So I bring my, Reuven brings his animal into Shimon's chatzar, shalei b'rishos, and he eats the chitin. Now obviously if he eats the chitin, he's going to be chayiv for the chitin that he ate. Of course, it's shame. It's shame b'rishos and isik, of course, you're going to be chayiv. But what about after it eats all that stuff, v'hitriz, it gets a stomach, stomach ache of some sort for whatever it ate, mace, okay, and it dies. So now Ruvain's animal died by eating Shimon's crops when he didn't belong in Shimon's field at all, eating that stuff. So pot. It's going to be pot. Vim, obviously, you don't belong in my field. So if you don't belong in my field, I'm not responsible for anything you eat. But if Shimon said Ruvain can bring his animal in, so then the Bryce says, Balachotzer is chayiv. The Balachotzer is chayiv for Ruvain's animal getting sick from eating this food. Why? Going to Rav Amai, Havala you just said, anything that the animal does an active contributory part of the damage by eating, then we're going to say that, no, we're going to say that the balachatzer is not chai. Balachatzer says, who told you to eat it? So even if I let you in Bershus, who told you to eat it? So the chai, we have a kash on Rav Svara. I'm a Rav, a Rav says, no, 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 no. Rishus, shaloi Rishus, karamas. You mixed up. Rav's whole svar was in a case of shaloi brishos, where the animal didn't, where the, either in our case the food didn't belong there, or in this case where the animal didn't belong there, then Rav says this svar of, of you shouldn't have eaten. Over here, but brishos, what happened brishos? Ruvain said to Shimon, can I bring my animal into your chatzah? Shimon says, yes. According to the Rabbanon, when Shimon says yes, what does that mean? That means Shimon's saying, I will watch your animal. So if Shimon says, I will watch your animal... That means watching it from getting gored on, falling into a bar, or eating something it doesn't belong eating. Right? Even if it chokes on something, Shimon's going to respond. So there's nothing to do with that. So the svar of Havilashalaytaichel is not applicable in this case. Havilashalaytaichel is a real svar. If I go to a place with my animal and it eats something, then my animal is responsible for whatever it eats, whatever it puts into his mouth. Even if you brought something into my field, the Maisa Rav says my animal should not necessarily eat what it doesn't know, or I should protect the animal. We'll see tomorrow. This We'll see tomorrow that part of this svar of Rav is is that I should be watching my animal to see what it eats. Not just that the animal is eating on its own, but I should also be watching my animal. If there's a case tomorrow where I can't be there, we'll see maybe the halacha might be slightly different. But in this case, it's the opposite of this b'risa. In this case, the b'risa says, I'm bringing my animal to your shush, and you agree to watch my animal. Of course, you agree to watch it from even eating bad things or choking or anything like that. And that's why you're chayet. Not because of the eating part, but because you're not, you are a bad shamer. Okay, we'll stop here because the sugar is going to continue in the tomorrow's time.